Welcome to the Work the System podcast, where we help entrepreneurs make more and work less, managing the systems of their business. I'm your host, Josh Fonger. Today, we have a special guest. We have Aaron Longmoon. Aaron's mission in life is to eradicate toxic workplaces. She believes that everyone deserves to love their job and feel like they are contributing to a greater purpose. As the owner of Zephyr Recruiting, she accomplishes this mission by matching great small businesses with their right fit employees. All right, Aaron. So why don't you give us the backstory? Tell us how you got into this line of work. Well, uh, not going into the long, long story. The short version is a number of years ago, I was a business coach and I worked with small businesses. I became a business coach because I'm a serial entrepreneur and I've been through the grind a number of times. And uh, I actually helped businesses systematize actually, Josh, so that they could scale and they could grow their businesses. And inevitably we would get to a place where in order to scale and grow, we get the systems in place, but we might need to add to people to the team so that they didn't have to do all of it themselves or we'd identify a key role that hadn't yet been identified. And my wonderful clients would already be working crazy hours, uh, needing to focus on other things and the recruiting would come up and they wouldn't really have the bandwidth to do it themselves. Or many of them were actually had hiring PTSD. It is a true thing because they'd made some really bad hires. And in the small business space, you really bad hires, uh, you can't hide them, right? I mean, they, they stick out like a sore thumb. They're really painful. So they were scared to do it. I actually have some history in recruiting in my in my previous career. So as it became an add-on service in my coaching business. And in 2017, I decided to pivot and just do recruiting because it really became evident that this is what small businesses needed and it wasn't available to them. So I changed the, the business to Zephyr Recruiting and here we are a few years later, still doing it. Wow. Well, that's a great story. And I think the thing you're going to be able to do is really connect with our audience, which is exactly what you used to be. And you know, the pain point. Um, yes. Now, when I was reading your, your bio and I wanted to get into this early, cause I'm sure there's a lot of gold in here is um, this idea of the right fit employee. And right. uh, so what, what is the right fit employee? And is there like a, a right fit process or what, what does that look like? Yes. So the right fit employee after many years, I've actually also always felt this way as an employee or as a business owner in the past, but able to articulate it now that, you know, employers are often told to go try to find top talent or a players or, you know, the cream of the crop, the best of the best. And the truth is, is I have seen that backfire so many times. And so employers are often putting their focus in the wrong place. So after a number of years of doing this work, we really honed in on this concept of what is a better approach is trying to find your right fit. And it's a lot like matchmaking in relationships. It's, you know, who you're, the, the kind of employee that's gonna work really well and be highly successful on your team has a, is a different kind of person than who is going to be highly effective, unlike your competitor down the street or in the town over. And there's reasons for that, but uh, you know, to get down to it really quickly is it's basically culture fit. So you know, you've got your skills fit. Maybe this, you know, like a, a, an accountant in one town needs the same skill set as an accountant in another town, but the culture of that company is can be different. 
that one person will be successful in one and be almost toxic or a terrible fit for another. So you have to hone in on who your right fit employee is going to be. And that's who you want to attract. And that's who you want to hire. That's so, the idea. So as you're recruiting, do you start by trying to find someone who is the right fit um, technical skills wise and then do culture or is it culture first and then skill or is it only culture and then you, you build the skill set in by way of training? Like how, how do you approach that? It really depends, to be honest, Josh, it depends on what the people, you know, what that company needs in the moment. I mean, a lot of small business owners, the real truth is, is that they need someone with the skills because they don't have, you know, supervisors and various chains of command that can then take the time to, to train deeply. It's a wonderful idea, to be honest. I mean, we love the idea of, of maybe bringing someone in who has a lot of the soft skills and the culture fit, and then you train them as you need them. But you know, and that can work. So that can work. You have to identify if you have the, the resources, the internal resources to do that. A lot of small business owners do not. So the skill set is quite critical as well. Now, honestly, when we do recruiting and with our right fit method of recruiting, you're kind of assessing both at the same you know, at, at various points, but basically simultaneously through the recruiting process. So you need to figure out through the process, you will weigh different criteria when you create what we call the right fit employee profile. So I'm kind of jumping ahead, but you will create, if you use our method, then you create a right fit profile and then you kind of rate the different components based on what you can offer and what kind of resources you have available to you. So there really is no right or you know like black and white answer to that question what is so let's just say that i'm an electrical contractor mm -hmm. and i'm thinking of one of my clients and i want to build up a team and i don't really have a, a culture let's just say per se in my company i mean i know how i am as a person but i am not really spending much time on culture i've got some in-house people i've got some people in the field we're doing some sales i just want them to to not screw up <laughs> you know right. in terms of representing me right. so Right. How deep do they have to go into this culture? And are there certain dynamics that you have to always say, like these four dynamics you have to kind of understand? Or how does that, how does that work? Yeah, so, so every company has culture, whether you've intentionally identified it or built it or whether it's just been organic. And often it does start with the owner and the core values and the personality and the style the mindset, you know, of the owner and what's important to the owner. So that's where is like the launching pad. But as you add people to your team, they're going to affect your culture as well. So if you're kind of a business owner who's never really intentionally looked at your culture, which honestly, let's be truthful, most of us have not, then you are going to have to take a moment and reflect on what the culture has become. What, what is it today? You might reveal that there are some things about it you want to change, and that is possible. But for the sake of today's conversation and not going into how to deal with culture, you know, you do want to take some time. This is the process of, of hiring effectively. You need to take a moment and reflect on the culture of your company. And it's actually the first step in our right fit method. We use the acronym right fit. So the, the R is reflect. And that's where you want to take a moment and look and identify what are your core values of the company? What is the personality of the company? What are the goals? You know, just you want to get a nice rounded picture of your culture, the strengths, weaknesses, all sorts of things. 
um, and you create sort of a, you know, a, a picture of it. And then you go into identifying who then as an employee team member is going to work well in that culture. They don't need to have the exact same core values as you, but their core values should align with your team, with your company core values, as opposed to, you know, being in opposition. That's usually where big problems come in. Your, the personality of the person should work well with your team. We love diversity. So they don't have to be cookie cutter. You don't want a cookie cutter team. You want people to, to, uh, to kind of be yin and yang and support each other and create a well-rounded team. But you have to understand what you have in order to understand what you need, right? So then you create this what we call the right fit employee avatar, and which is this, it's a profile, well, a written out intentional profile. Because if you don't know what you're looking for, you're often going to end up attracting the wrong people and picking the wrong people. So that's a big, that's the first two steps in our method actually. We'll just keep going on. What, what is the next step? So the next step after you do that is you generate. So now we start thinking about the actual recruiting process a little bit. And you have to generate, you have to think about marketing. This is marketing in a lot of ways. And that's one thing that a lot of employers, small business employers don't think about recruiting as a marketing like function, but it is. So then you want to take this right fit uh, employee avatar and just like you would your target market you're trying to think of uh, of them and what's going to attract them to you so in your job post where you post you know what social media channel channels you use what job boards you use the kinds of things that you put front and center on your job post should all be things that are going to hook this right fit employee that you want to attract to you so you got to think about what we do here at zephyr in our job post is the first three sentences are like a hook kind of like your elevator pitch or kind of, you know, think about it like that. And it should be dynamic. It should reflect the culture. It should reflect the personality, you know, so it should be really exciting, not dry and drab. Mm -hmm. So those are some, that's kind of the next step is coming up with those marketing pieces and the marketing strategy. Now, let me take you off, off your uh, system for a second here. So what okay. do you do if you have this whole process um, and you, since people who are being interviewed are often desperate for a job, how do you prevent them from lying to you or getting into position to get the job, even though they're not qualified or they're just saying, oh yeah, I, I really, you know, I like showing up on time and I like working hard and I like doing these things. That sounds great. And then they, they don't. So how do you um, weed out people that are wrong fits during the process? So there's a couple of different things that we do here that we recommend highly. One of them is the interviewing process. We need to change it. We've often learned the interview process is this interrogation kind of thing, like someone behind, you know, the, the candidate's committed a crime and you're just trying to catch them in the lie, you know? So what happens is that they close up and they feel vulnerable and they don't feel like it's safe to really be themselves and to be honest. They're going to be more interested in telling you what you want to hear. So the very first thing is that that first interaction you have with them, starting from the email you send to say, I would like to interview you all the way through the process has to make them feel safe. And it's very different than what probably a lot of people have heard, but it really, really works. Be genuinely interested in who they are as a person. Treat them with respect. 
be kind, you know, spend time and be present with them, be curious about who they are. And I tr trust me, if you do that approach and you ask probing curiosity questions, they will start to show who they really are. They will, they will feel safe to be honest. And that's really where the lies start to happen is when they don't feel safe. And then one other key piece is when you get into the um, interview, use coaching questions, ask, ask deeper. So if somebody tells you a story about a previous employment situation they had, ask them to go more, tell me more about that. And then what happened? How did you feel about that? Well, what did your supervisor say? Like you would, if your friend was telling you this great story about their trip to Italy, right? Like you're captivated and you want to hear everything. Well, the more you ask deeper questions, the more you'll get to the heart of, of kind of who they are and, and what matters to them. And that's what you're looking for. Oh, I can't hear you now. Uh, I am <laughs> okay. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> yeah, we're live. So um, the next, the next question is, uh, what's the next step? So I think I'm at R I G. Are we at H now on the right foot? Yeah. Method? Well, I think we're actually at interview. So we kind of lumped a number together, which. Uh, or lumped a number of them together because of the time. But once you do that, it's this whole interview. You really have to, like I said, go deep with them and then do take the time to do reference checks. And when you do reference checks, pick who you want to talk to, which is also a little different than what we're told. Don't get a reference list from the candidate. Those are going to be their cheerleaders, right? Hands down. It could even be their sister-in-law or brother-in-law for all you know. So you want to pick based on their resume who you want to talk to, get their permission. You do have to get permission from the candidate to allow you to check references, do background checks, all that kind of stuff for compliance. But then call those particular people, stay at it because oftentimes they will not call you right back. You're not a priority. But if you keep bugging them, they'll often go ahead and take some time and then ask some deep questions about them too. You know, don't just say, were they a good employee? Say, tell me some examples of, you know, how they embodied your company's core values. Tell me how they exceeded your expectations. What do you think they're best at, even if it wasn't a part of their job? You know, just like try to get to know the candidate from someone else's lens. And that's really helpful. So don't negate reference checks if you do them correctly. Um, you know, and then after that, really at the end, it's pick, you know, you've now assessed hopefully their skills. You've assessed their, you know, culture fit through some of these questions. There's a lot more in my workbook, which I will tell you all about how to get my workbook and you'll learn much more about these different steps, but you know, and then you get through the reference check and everything. You do want them to meet your team because you want to see how the team interacts with them. So don't negate that step as well. And ideally make it a little bit more social so that they'll open up, your team can open up and you can see how a true dynamic, how it plays out rather than just, you know, a team interview that's really structured that often doesn't really reveal culture fit very well. So these are some of the, the, the parts of our right fit process that will help you assess not just skills, but also that culture fit. What if you're going through this process and you say, hey, you know what? There's some people under my company right now who are not a culture fit. Uh -huh. <laughs> then what do you do? You say, I want my culture to be this, but it's really over here due to these three people. Yes. Then what do you, what do you do then? You know, that is a plan. I think honestly, as a business owner, you have every right to build the company you really want. 
right? I mean, that's what we're in this for. So if you wake up one day and you really are reflecting that this company is not where you want it to be from a culture perspective, it is okay to make changes. It's fine. People also outgrow jobs. Companies outgrow employees. It's all okay. So I, you, I give you permission right now to let people go who are not the right fit for your culture or for the roles that you need and go find someone who is. It, it's like setting them free to go do something that's more in alignment with them anyway because chances are, if you're not the right fit for them, they're not the right fit for you. It's a mutual thing, right? So it's okay to evaluate that and to make some significant changes. There's a whole process. We also help clients build culture and intentionally do that, but that's for another another podcast for us, Josh. But uh, it, it, it is okay to admit that maybe there's some wrong fit can't, uh, employees on your team and to come up with a plan for making that change. What about the hiring process for contractors that you're going to work with regularly versus employees? Is it, is it different at all or is it the same process? It kind of depends. If you're, if you're you know, going through, let's say, a virtual assistant company, right, and you're just hiring one of their people as a contractor, that's different and you're not going to probably do as much with them. If you are hiring like an independent freelancer who you are going to work with, then yes, we, we do that. We, we do that with a couple of roles for us, like our marketing person and uh, a sales consultant and stuff. And we put them through our full process because it is similar. If we're not going to work well together, you know, then, then we shouldn't, then we shouldn't, right? We just shouldn't. So we put, we put those types of 1099s through the same process. What is the most common mistake that small business owners are making in the hiring process that is that they should really stop doing? Uh, there's actually, I wish there was just one. <laughs> um, unfortunately, probably one of the biggest ones though is hiring like friends and family. I mean, I just, I've seen that backfire so many times, unfortunately, because we love these people. We know them well, we trust them. So it, it feels like a no brainer to have them be the one we choose, but it often doesn't work. And then it can, it can, you know, really ruin a relationship that was far more meaningful than the role that you're trying to have them fill. So really don't do it. Now, referrals are a different thing, getting referrals from your existing team, things like that. But these are, I'm talking about the people who are directly connected to the employer. It's just generally not a great idea. There's a few that work, but most don't. So that's probably the biggest one. The other one is hiring too fast. You know, just, just not going through a, a decent due diligence process and just being like, great, your resume looks awesome. I really like you. You seem really cool. I could see myself having a beer with you tonight. So you're hired. Like that's the other really big mistake that uh, small business employers make. You need to do your due diligence and vet candidates. Hmm. Okay, that makes sense. I'm a little concerned because I know that lots of people listening to this have someone in their family working for them, you know, family, friend. <laughs> and so what do you do if that's the case? And is it just, it's a hopeless cause. You should just let them go or no, is there a way to, to uh, revive that and structure that in a better way? 
Well, it depends on what's going on. I mean, some work. Family businesses are all over America, all over the world. They can work, right? Like, I don't necessarily mean it in terms of not partnerships, that kind of family business. But, you know, you don't want to just hire Cousin Bob because Cousin Bob needs a job. Yeah. So, you know, it's <laughs> um, if you do find yourself in a situation where it is family, and again, they're not the right culture fit, they're bringing your team down, maybe they're taking advantage of the power they have being family, you know, there's all sorts of dynamics that go on. I mean, you have to have heart-to-heart, -heart, real, honest conversation. You know, there's there's just no way, or there's no, I don't know, magic magic pill that you can take that will fix it. You have to sit down, have a real conversation, you know, about it, be honest, mm -hmm. be truthful. If you can work it out and they can step up and you can make it work, great. But if you can't, it's better for your long-term relationship in your family to just say, guess what? We can't mix business with our family pleasure. Let's just separate and, you know, make our private relationship a priority. So another quick question for you. So okay, if you are, so some folks here are solopreneurs, like they, they're by themselves. Yeah. Maybe they have a few contractors working for them and they want to grow, but they're totally busy and they don't have a ton of money, but they know they need to grow a team. They need to get a team to grow for sure. hundred percent. When, when should they make that kind of a, like, when do they pull the trigger? Is it based on a certain revenue dollars time? You know, they just see a path forward and should they do it themselves? So like a lot of larger companies use recruiting firms, but small companies are sometimes concerned about the price. And so they just put it off, put it off, put it off, put it off. Um, so how, how do you know when they should actually choose a recruiting firm and when is the, the right time to make those kind of commitments and hires? So uh, sort of a rule of thumb, conventional wisdom suggests that if you can have three months of the person's pay in a savings account set aside for them. So, you know, ideally it's not something you just have aside and it could be used for something else set aside for them, then you can take the risk. Of course, knowing that you have a stable business, that you have stable revenue. I mean, you know, a number of other things need to be in place before you should take the plunge. But, you know, if you've got those things in place and then three months of their pay in the, say, in the bank, then you can take the, you know, go ahead and take the plunge. Um, in terms of recruiters getting support, uh, you know, one of the reasons why I created Zephyr also was because we're trying to leverage the playing field for small businesses. And you are right in terms of recruiters being expensive. They are outrageously expensive in many places. Cities like your own, bigger cities, they tend to be about 30 to 35% of the annual salary of the job. So, I mean, that can be 15 thousand plus dollars just for a fifty thousand dollar a year you know employee that's astronomical so there's not unfortunately i wish i could tell you there's a whole host of options out there with getting support the truth is is that there just isn't a lot of outsourced options for people on that without that kind of budget so like we created a flat fee structure so it doesn't matter the salary and it's 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 well i mean i don't even know if i should tell everybody but i mean and let me just say this it's like under seven thousand dollars so you you know for any role so that's our disruptor is to try to be affordable so that smaller business owners really can afford to get this kind of support um there are you know some virtual type of digital uh avenues like zip recruiter and some others out there 
we have found that they're not coming, you know, it's still very challenging. You still have to, you take on all the work of vetting them, vetting the candidates yourself. So if you've got the bandwidth to do it, do it. That's why I also created the DIY workbook that I'll share with your listeners. If you've got the means to do it and you feel like you understand the strategy behind it and you feel like you can do it well, you can be objective, not emotionally driven when you make the decision, then, then by all means, you know, give it, give it a try. But, uh, you know, hopefully we're an affordable option for some of your listeners if they really do feel it's time to outsource this service. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a, that's a killer deal in terms of price point. And yeah. um, I can tell you know the inner workings of this inside and out. And since yes. we talked about systems, I'm sure you've got a system, which is why the price point is where it's at. Now, right. you mentioned right. that the three-month pay, and is that because it typically takes three months to train somebody or it's three months until they actually um, kind of get you the ROI you need to, to pay for themselves? Or what is, what is the... How much money do you have to sink into somebody until they actually are, are paying for the job? Yeah, drug? so really in an ideal situation, you're, you're going, your current revenue, your monthly revenue is going to cover their costs. So you won't have to dip into that savings. That savings really is there as a safety net just for what you said, kind of in case they, like if it's a revenue generating role or if it's a role that serves your clients directly, so it affects your, your ability to earn revenue, then yeah, maybe it's going to have a little bit of a runway before they take off and you really start realizing those revenue increases from their, their production then that can help you. It, the better scenario though, is whatever you're bringing in per month, you have enough to pay them at least their base uh, amount of money that you need to pay them. And then the three months is sort of, you know, gravy in case you have a slow month and you can just can keep them on. So there's, you know, that's sort of the ideal, but nothing is ever totally ideal. And I'll be honest, we've jumped and hired people without any of that because we've just needed the help. And sometimes as entrepreneurs, you just have to do what you got to do and take risks, right? The whole thing of being an entrepreneur is just the risk game. And so if you're in a situation where you just really need the help, you're working 80 hours and you just can't serve everybody and it's, you know, chaos, then, then get help just get the help and then it'll, it'll work out. <laughs> it's amazing what an extra pair of hands will do, especially for a small business owner. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. And you know, the solopreneurs that I worked with and helped them hire the very first person, all of them said that like, why did I wait so long for this? Like I'm actually sleeping. I can actually focus on the work I want to do. What's my zone of genius. I mean, they always say that I've never had anybody come back and say it was a, a bad choice yeah. or, you know, a mistake. So totally agree. Totally agree. Well, let's do some of the uh, kind of wrap up questions because we're running low on time here. What, uh, tell us about a system that you have put in place into your own business. I and mean, you've kind of shared a number of them, but any other systems you want to tell us about? Well, uh, one that we're actually actively integrating right now is we're using Zoho One. So I don't know how many people there, I'm, I'm assuming if you're systems people, you guys know Zoho One, but we're looking at automating the fun, cross-functioning automation throughout everything. So from signing contracts to sending out invoices, 
taxes to getting them paid to you know pre-sale with the CRM and then they have an applicant tracking system which a company like us really needs so that we can you know keep track of all the candidates that we're interviewing and all of our clients that we're serving and that kind of thing create a big database you know of candidates we've got a database of candidates like almost 10,000 you know so we needed a system to pull that together we were using different systems and finding that the integrate, you know, the fact that they didn't integrate was holding us up and creating little bottlenecks. So we're in the process of building out Zoho to hopefully solve all of those and to just automate a lot of the, the processes that don't have to be done by humans, mm -hmm. you know, which us recruiting has to be done by humans, but you know, getting a contract signed doesn't. So there you go. That's, no, that's a great, uh, great advice. Uh, and I know yeah. people love that software. Uh, what's a question that I didn't ask you, but I should have asked you? Oh gosh, you're putting me on the spot. Yeah. Um, why should you use a recruiter instead of doing it yourself? Yeah, there you go. So the reason why you should use a recruiter instead of doing it yourself, we are not taught how to do recruiting when we're small businesses, right? You can get marketing help, sales help. You can learn how to read your P&L. You can get all sorts of training, but there's very little to nothing out there about how to really hire and hire effectively. And there is strategy behind it, a lot of strategy behind it. It incorporates marketing. It incorporates people's skills. So if you can get a recruiter who knows how to do it right, who's doing it for you, who's dedicated to finding that right fit for your company, then it's going to save you. What we've come up with, it, we've learned it's about 50 to 70 hours per hire. It'll save you that amount of time. So that's one. Two, it'll mitigate, obviously, bad hires. So you will save what is said out in the world of data and, and uh, statistics about 30%. Uh, a bad hire costs you about 30% of their salary. So we'll save you that kind of money because we're not going to let you hire, make a bad hire. And you get to just do something. You get to then work in your zone of genius. This is our zone of genius. And you know why would you spend all that time working in a space that is not your main skill set, right? Like just because you can doesn't mean you should, right? So there you go. That's why you should hire a recruiter. No, I think that's, uh, that's a great way to, to end it. So Aaron, where can people find you if they want more information to get yeah. your, your uh, free guide? And also if they want a recruiter, where should they go? Okay, so our website is zephyrrecruiting.com and Zephyr is Z E. P-H-Y-R, it means a gentle breeze. And so ZephyrRecruiting.com. And actually, if you just go to our homepage, it'll pop up, it'll come up with our um, workbook, or you can go to that website, ZephyrRecruiting.com forward slash right fit workbook, and that will take you right to the workbook. And that is a DIY workbook that shows our full methodology on how to do this the right way. And so that's, that's my little gift for you, for you. And then that's how you can find us. You can also uh, email me, which is Aaron, E-R-I-N at ZephyrRecruiting.com if you just want to talk to me directly. And I am happy to talk to you about anything recruiting. Okay, awesome. All right, well, that's pretty clear. ZephyrRecruiting.com or just email Aaron. We'll put that in the notes for the show. Aaron's been very useful. I have a lot of notes for our team. As you know, we're in the middle of hiring right now. So this has been very timely. And okay. hopefully everybody's enjoyed this uh, live stream on the uh, on Facebook uh, or unless you're watching this on iTunes or any other podcast player, YouTube, we're all over the place. So um, hopefully you enjoyed it. You can join us live though. About every Friday, 
we do some shows like this on, uh, on Facebook. So you can join us at Work the System Facebook page. If you want a copy of that book right there behind me, Work the System, you can get it at workthesystem.com as a free download. Uh, but if you want the physical version, I mean, you can buy it or you can leave us a review. And wherever you leave us a review, take a screenshot of that review and email it to info at workthesystem.com. Once a week, we pull a name out of a hat and then we send out a free book. So if you want to do that, uh, we'd appreciate it. Otherwise, we will catch you all next week. Thanks, Aaron. Awesome.